Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators, and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Hey everyone, we are filming season three of the Honey and Hustle podcast live at the Durham Bottling Co. right in downtown Durham. We're about to get into a great conversation, but before we do that, I'd really appreciate it if you take a moment to share this episode with someone who you think might get some value from it. Feel free to tag me on the podcast on social media, and I'll be sure to put those links on the video and in the description below. If you're listening to the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. It helps others find the show and lets me know how I'm doing at this video podcast thing. If you'd like to support the show, be sure to check out our affiliate links, shop our merch, and subscribe to the Honeypot newsletter and this YouTube channel, all at the links in the description. Without further ado, let's get into it. How did you get into grief work to begin with then? Well, I am actually a mental health nurse. Okay. And um, I've always loved working with people that other people don't want to read. <laughs> a lot of people are afraid of mental health uh, people, and then they also don't want to work with old folks. So when I was young, I loved working with the geriatric population, but now I am <laughs> geriatric. That's my, that's my passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of call myself retiring. But I wanted, after my mom died, Angela, I would wake up in the morning, and the first thing I would think of is, oh, God, I'm still here. I Meaning I didn't want to be. Yeah. Mom wasn't just mom. She was my best friend. Because as I said, I'm introverted. I don't deal with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And she was everything to me. And my journey from that period to today, I wake up, I'm so thankful to be here. That's why I share my story in the book that I wrote, Mm -hmm. uh, Coping with the Loss of a Loved One, to help other people who, not necessarily the normal stages of grief, but when you know you're stuck, Mm. when you know you don't want to see tomorrow, that's not normal. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. And so that's how that came about. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I mean, like, and I hate to even pile on to this load of grief, but you know, we just hit documented 900,000 deaths that's 900,000 loved ones. That's 900,000 people who had families, right. who had wives, husbands, brothers, sisters, mm-hmm. friends, kids, you know. And so many of those unexpected because of COVID. Yeah. Maybe they didn't necessarily have Ill- ailments like um, terminal illness like cancer or, um, yeah. you know, um, severe case of stage type 2 diabetes where you don't treat it. Or sometimes you have a situation that you know is coming, mm-hmm. though we're in denial about it. It's just like I was telling someone, um, sometimes every year, every year I go to this cancer organization and I talk to the group of people, and yes, everyone wants to be healed, great, 
But the reality is, everybody's not going to be healed. Mm -hmm. Someone is, is not going to be here next week. So then there are times I talk about ways of being less fearful of death mm -hmm. because it's coming. Mm -hmm. and, and again, because this is not anything people want to really talk about or deal with. That's why there are so many, particularly in our group, African-Americans, they don't have wheels prepared. It's like we think we're going to be here forever. Yeah. And then it's stressful enough when your loved one passes, but when you have to deal with the financial aspect of it, I so many, I so often see people on Facebook, uh, GoFundMe, so-and-so has died. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just, that's not, I don't see that as necessary. Right. It's not. Make preparations, deal with it. Right. And yeah. it will make it so much easier for your loved ones that are, Behind, but we really need to do better. When I say we, we as black people have got to do better. Yeah. With um. With preparing for the day for our you know the final stages of our life. Yeah. We have to prepare for that. And I think you know it's interesting that you mentioned you're a mental health nurse and have been in that field for so long because yeah over thirty years. Now you know when people think of mental health now they think of you know these apps that encourage meditation you know they think of popular self-care remedies but they also think of therapy and there's a lot of people who it, it's not that cut and dry you know mental health is how you show up for yourself every day that's true that's how you interact with life every day and when you I hear you say well people they just they don't want to think about death they don't want to think about the fact that they're not going to be here forever they don't want to plan for that future that may come unexpectedly or expectedly you know, a lot of that is how you talk to yourself on a regular basis. It starts now. It starts at my age. It starts younger than me. It starts really understanding mm -hmm, the concept mm -hmm. of, like, my life touches so many other lives. Mm -hmm. Whether we realize or actively acknowledge that in the way that we talk to other people and show affection to other people. But, you know, my life, what I do with it, my choices, they do affect some other people to a mm -hmm, certain extent, mm -hmm. either inadvertently or, you know, intentionally. And, you know, that's part of mental health is, one, acknowledging that, who right. we are in the space that we take up. Mm -hmm. And when you're saying, like, man, I woke up some days and I was like, man, I don't, why am I still here? You know? Yes. And we realize, like, I'm here for a purpose. And unfortunately, Angela, another reason why I, the grief, grief, right now what I do is, is um, I promote my book as an author. I'm a grief coach. And I'm. I speak usually at churches may invite me to speak or do zoom well now with the pandemic virtual mm -hmm. I'll talk about grief um, a lot of times through, through churches not necessarily knowing people but as I bend and meet people mm -hmm. they invite me but um, with grief when you're working in a public sector uh, I would feel led to talk about God mm -hmm. and his word and you're not supposed to do that I know <laughs> but those are that he's led me to do that I never got in trouble, but I knew that when I stopped what I was doing as nursing, I was going to do grief coaching where I can freely. I mean, it's not it's not like I beat a person over the head with the word of God because the scripture is in the book. But I talk about my experience. For example, um, if you're if you're dealing with depression or overwhelming anxiety, I talk about things that we do can do naturally mm -hmm. uh, that will bring us out of that low mood, that low spirit that we're, we're in. Example being. My daughter knows that she walks in and I'm crocheting with yellow. And mm -hmm. that's the crisis because mm -hmm. bright colors are mood elevators. Mm -hmm. Just like your powder blue room promotes sleep. We don't think about that. But there are things that we can do naturally mm -hmm. that can help us lift our, our, our spirit, mm -hmm. our mood. We can elevate it doing things, certain things naturally. So what we eat, the food that we choose, that we choose to eat. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many things that we can do. 
And I like to remind people on those things to just give it a try. Well, this worked for me, but if it doesn't work for me, what you think of, you know who you are. Mm -hmm. What is it you enjoy doing? Mm -hmm. If you love the beach and you can't get, I was at the beach yesterday. And if, you're, if, you, if you love the beach, because it calms me, then use visualization. Just close your eyes and just hear the ocean waves in your mind. It works very well. Some people are really able to do that. And it, you can, it calms you. Breathing techniques. Um, there's so much that we can do. Yeah. So two things. First of all, I'm so jealous that you went to the beach yesterday. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I will show you. This is a beautiful picture. You know, I just I find wait, I just find little things to do that. And there's one picture I took. Can I get to it? That was perfect. <laughs> just let's see camera. Which one is it? I think is isn't that beautiful? Oh, nice. Where, which this, beach did you go this to? This was at Topsail. Okay. Top City. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. I um. But when I took this this picture, it's it just has a common effect to me. I love it. I mean, I love cruises, but I wouldn't dare touch a cruise right about now. Yeah, not right, mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. not right now. So I was on the pier. I walked up on the pier and was able to, t to take this photo at a, just a little bit lower angle. Yeah. And it just just it just it's a common effect for me just to look at this picture. Yeah. So yeah. Can we talk about you know what is your connection to to nature and and healing and and grief? You know what I mean? You know what? I wish I know you. I wish I'd known that I could do that before I got here because I don't talk, some of that, I don't, see, our age difference is, 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 is wide. Mm -hmm. And in my, as a baby boomer, I've always been different from most people. Mm. I've always, I can walk through nature and feel the calmness, feel a connection that's hard to put in words. Mm -hmm. But people in my age group, if they heard, I'm very much in the church, and if they heard me talk about that, I said, oh my gosh, she must be into witchcraft or something. We think that way. Now, yeah. your age group is different. Yeah. But for me, I can't call up friends and talk about these things because that's just taboo. Mm. You don't just, just like somebody says, well, you're smudging your, you're smudging the house. You're using sage. And I, I, this is my belief. I believe that God looks at my heart. Mm -hmm. When I'm wrong, he convicts me. I don't go on what man, men will, the man, when I say man, I mean people. Mm -hmm can tell you the, the, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, and that is wrong. But what is God saying? Yeah. And when you choose to listen to what God says to you or what, whether or not you're convicted, sometimes people, I don't know, you have to be very strong to be willing to sort of not be as concerned with the thoughts of others. And it took me a while. For example, if I'm out at a restaurant and I want a glass of wine, I don't see anything wrong with it. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, Jesus turned water into wine. But then there's so many people who will say, oh, my goodness, that's taboo. You need to set an example. For other, for young people, you shouldn't be doing. That's fine if that works for you. Right. But over here, God is not convicting me. Yeah. Now, if I'm, if I'm over, overindulging, that's in anything. I love to eat, but if, I'm, but if I overeat, that's gluttony. That's a sin. So that's a whole different area for an hour show. <laughs> But I love it. I love nature. I love just, um, even with, with walking meditation, you're focusing on your steps and the movement, what it feels like. And we usually, when I say we, my group, baby boomers, we don't think about the breathing techniques, how when you breathe and, and you use a certain technique, you're stimulating the parasympathetic 
nervous system which calms you. Mm -hmm. Just like the sympathetic nervous system, it's the fight or flight, you're anxious. Mm -hmm. But what's the opposite of that? You want to be calm. Mm -hmm. And um, when you think about loved ones that's passed away, you become anxious. Yeah. So learning ways naturally that can calm you. I think that's priceless because you're not going to always be able to get to the doctor to get your prescription or your uh, anti-anxiety medicine or, or um, some people turn to drugs and alcohol. You don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. What can you do naturally? Yeah. So that's a lot. I talk a lot about things like that. Yeah. For me, nature walks definitely is in there. Even in my book, I talk a lot about, I call it beach therapy. <laughs> that works for me. Some people, if you're a mountain person, whatever it is, yeah. find some time to do that. Yeah, I think that's so important. I think I, I joke about it with people all the time on Twitter, and I'll say, you know, if somebody had just told me that the key to generating good business ideas and working through problems that I'm having with my business in my life was just going out and taking a walk, I could have done this years ago, you know? Yeah. But it took me going to therapy. It took me trying it for myself to work on, you know, be conscious of my breathing and stuff when I am anxious, be conscious of, okay, well, you know, I'm a little worked up right now. Why is that? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the root cause of, of the issue? It's not what they said. It's the truth in what they said that that's bothering me, mm -hmm. right? You know, and so why is it bothering me? You know, and, and what can I do to separate myself from this atmosphere of anxiety, which may be like my laptop, like I need to get up and go outside for a walk, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I do miss hiking a lot. I used to do that a lot when I was I in Birmingham. I love hiking, but I can't ever even find a, a hiking partner. Yeah. I can't, I just can't. It's not safe, yeah, that's another thing. Mm -hmm. So I've been cycling and walking more on the, the Greenway on the American Tobacco Trail and stuff, because mm -hmm. I do feel safe going there by myself. But, you know, it's that, that same concept of just like getting outside, getting outside of your own head sometimes mm -hmm. and just allowing what will be to come to you. And so that's how I've solved some of my best problems that way. Mm -hmm. Just like I need to remove myself from my computer, remove myself from my house, get outside and, and yeah. do things. So when you're talking with people who are working through very difficult times, mentally, emotionally, financially, mm -hmm. you know, what are some things, you know, that, you know, um, things that have helped, you know, I think that, you know, things that work for us, things that work for us, but what are some other things that you've seen that really help People work through things that are difficult because a lot of a lot of being a business owner, and I'm sure you've already noticed this now, is making difficult decisions. Well, for me, I am struggling to get now. I, I worked for the state for 18 years. I quit my job because I would. I I felt within me I needed to work for myself, mm -hmm. and because I really, to be honest, I don't like people telling me what what to do. <laughs> so I, I had a business that was very successful. It was in um, group homes and providing community support for mental health. This go around, that's how I was able to retire early. Mm. But this go around, trying to get, um, my business is called Alternative Healing, but I focus on grief and, and grief coaching. It's very challenging for me now to get this off the ground because I'm not, I don't have grandkids around. Mm. My one daughter doesn't know that much about computer. You have to be social media savvy and be comfortable with it. And I'm, that's my challenge. Mm. And uh, it's the marketing piece. And it's because of that I really struggle to get the word out to other people and to build my clientele. Yeah. It's frustrating when I call funeral homes because that's where you that's where people come in mm -hmm. at who are overwhelmed with grief. That's a group that's challenging because to get past the second well not second what do you call them today admins yeah. it's to get past them to get to whoever owns the, the funeral home or whoever is, the administrator is. It's easier for me to try to get a hold of Joe Biden than it is to get through those people. And it's so frustrating. And so I just have to say, my God, I got to take a break. And when I take a break, I'll take a break for a few months. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't come back at it, but it's just frustrating. Mm -hmm. It is taking me a while. It's before, it wasn't as challenging because the work that I did, I had the connections. I didn't, that's back then, 2004 or so long, and there you didn't have to. It wasn't about the social media at that time. Mm -hmm. It was, I could connect with the place that I worked for years and they would send me clients mm -hmm. that I could pick and choose who I wanted to, you know, have in my, in my residence. Mm -hmm. And then provide them services um, for the community and then hiring the staff, you know, that's a hit or miss. Yeah. But, um, it was much easier for me then too. But if a person loves social media, is good at marketing, then if I were that person that um, was comfortable with social media, I'm sure my business now would be totally different than what it is. But I, that's my struggle. Yeah, it's, especially it's during this time. Oh yeah, people mm -hmm. would be just phone off the hook. But I think you touch on something interesting. You're like, oh, I'm not good at the social media marketing. I'm not good at the marketing piece. But networking is marketing. Referrals are best form of, of, of business anyway because those people know you personally. Mm -hmm. They're going to make the best recommendations. I'll make sure I leave you some cards. Yes. Because <laughs> the lady that, that mentioned your business, oh, I have to ask you. I told uh, the, the guy I know, uh, I said, I'm going to Durham and I'm, I'm going to do a podcast with Honey and Hustle. <laughs> he says, I love that name. I like your name too. I Thank you. you. <laughs> I said, I don't know. I'm going to ask her how she come up. Honey and hustle. Tell me about that. Okay. So I, I guess I had the idea. I think I saw a design. I, I get inspired by a lot of design. I love seeing good graphic design, good illustrations, animations. And I saw somebody had made an H and on the top it said humble and on the bottom it said hustle. And I was like, man, I like that concept of, of playing on the, these opposites that attract. Mm -hmm. um, and because I'm a woman, I was like, I want to make it more feminine, more sexy, but still more serious, you know? You did it. <laughs> so, that, is, that name was perfect. And I said, I'm going to find out how you came up with that. But. Yeah. So how long have you been in business? So I started Honey and Hustle, the podcast in March, 2020. But I have another company that I started before that that essentially like pays my bills, which mm -hmm. is Angie Studio, which I named after myself. Not a super original name, mm -hmm. but I started that in uh, September of 2016. Mm -hmm. um, and so now it's kind of grown into a digital media production company where I do photography and filmmaking projects. I do some social oh. media consulting and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, and I've been recently being asked to speak. I do not consider myself a speaker. Let me be clear. And I know that sounds counterintuitive because I'm speaking right now on a show, but yeah, that's what I've been kind of been asked to do recently is speak about social media for small businesses and, and mm -hmm. creators and things like that. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that you are so open to the idea and the reality that your purpose can change. Yes. You know, and what that that's something looks we like. debate that and that's fine. But see, you have to do what you know is best for you. You're living your life. Mm -hmm. you live, we can't assume that there's tomorrow. You're living your life. What works for you? Mm -hmm. If you try something that didn't work, let that go. Tweak it, maybe. Or try something different. Mm -hmm. So that's why when you look at my name with all these different letters behind it, and I've done a lot of different things, but I'm floating through life. I've always been extremely independent. And... There's a few things that I'll change. I could change because I've had terrible relationships within marriage so many times. I'm ashamed to say. But other than that, career-wise, it's been good. Yeah. So that's I truly believe if you're doing something and it's not working, maybe there's somewhere else. Continue to pray about it, and He'll lead you. Yes. Yeah. I look at life as a journey. On this book cover, you've got a path, 
and then you've got brightness because when people say the best is yet to come in my mind I'm thinking well yeah the best is once I get through this phase there's definitely if you live to live again yes it is but on this journey you come to crossroads and on, when you get to the crossroad you don't really know sometimes if you're supposed to go left right or straight you don't know Sometimes we pick the wrong road. Mm -hmm. You don't realize it till you're on the wrong road. Mm -hmm. And then that's when you stop. You may find yourself in the valley, pray about it, go through that, the, the trauma of that m bad mistake you made, like my marriage. <laughs> you heal from that. Hopefully you grow from that and you learn from those experiences that if nothing else, you can share that with someone else. Yeah. And I find that we, I, I, I really would love to see the day when we do more, we as a people do more to share important information with others. That example has nothing to do with grief, but I never forget my mom, her health was failing and she came to stay with me. And while she was gone, this was years ago, my mother was a farmer and back in the day, black farmers was discriminated against and there's been this long They lawsuit. still are. I'm sure. And so there was this long, um, um, there was a lawsuit that when George W. Bush was in office, he, it was stalled. Huh. Some people got some money from the lawsuit, but others didn't. My mother was in a group where she was a couple of days late filing and she missed that deadline because she was with me instead of at her hometown. And these are family members. They wouldn't even call to let her know about this. I could have pursued and joined in on the suit, class action lawsuit. And um, and that's and it, what bothered me is we as a people have information that can help other people, but we don't want to share it. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that. So I was constantly pursuing, calling, writing DC, and it, it was a long road, took another 10 years and she had just passed. But I made my trips to Fayetteville. I, did, I made so many trips, I was pers persistent because I was gonna get I was doing all I could to make sure that the money came through. And, and, and this came through because when Barack Obama became in office, that is one thing that he picked up, he picked the ball up and he ran with it to make sure black farmers were, were paid, were compensated for the discrimination. And uh, but what bothered, it just bothered me that we can have information that can help other people, but we will not. Share it. I don't understand. There's so much out here for you know. It's enough for everybody, but we just don't want to. A lot every, not everyone, but a lot of people. We can do better. Yeah. So there's two things about that. Three things really. First of all, it makes so much sense that your mom was a farmer, in in your connection to the earth. And so I I think we sometimes don't really talk about the different ways you can be connected to the earth. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in you know a lot of my work. Uh, and all my digital media production company is outdoor storytelling. And what I've learned is the kind of there's kind of like three facets of what we consider to be the outdoors and environmental justice work, and they don't talk to each other. So to me, there's like your guard, community gardening, community farming work. That's kind of one area. Food justice, food sovereignty. Then you have your environmental sustainability, so recycling, composting, you know, energy efficiency. Mm -hmm. And then you also have outdoor recreation, so outdoor spaces, outdoor activities, mm -hmm. access to the outdoors, safe access to the mm -hmm. outdoors. And they're three different things, but they just don't talk to each other. So it's really you know interesting. so much. I would love to listen to you <laughs> because I... I've come a long way. In the beginning, when we recycle, mm -hmm. years ago, 
I was too lazy to separate stuff. Mm. But now I'm, it's like an obsession. I make sure I'm separating this. Some things I look at, I say, is, is this recyclable? Is it not? I'm not sure. So then I put it in a different pile. I think about the earth and what it's going to be like because the earth is really speaking to us. I grew up in Duplin County, 40 minutes from the beach. Mm -hmm. And back then, in, in my day, we didn't have these hurricanes coming through. Mm. We, I lived in a mobile home. I would have known. Um, we didn't have that. Today, all we hear are hurricanes coming through, tornadoes. Never knew what a tsunami was. Mm -hmm. I believe that the earth is speaking to us and we are not listening. Mm -hmm. We never, every, each year the temperature is hotter. We're breaking records. A lot of people don't believe in climate change. We're doing nothing to make changes, or, or we're doing very little, not enough to keep up with making a big difference. We're, because we're not listening to Mother Nature, and she's speaking. Yes. She's mm -hmm. screaming. She's yelling. She she's shouting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's just so interesting to me in the work that I do, because it's like, okay, how do you expect to, you know, you say you care about the kids. You say you care about, you know, life and work and prosperity. There's not going to be anything if we don't take care of the earth. Right. You know, if but people don't have clean that. drinking water, that affects everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, if people don't have, you know, freedom from waste popping up in their backyard, that affects people yeah. and their livelihood and their health outcomes. But we don't have to go down that road. What I was going to say is um, the one thing that you mentioned was like how the change in presidencies affected black farmers. What I dislike about our agriculture system here in the U.S. is whoever is over the agriculture depends on the current president. So Kamal Bell, he is the owner of Sankova Farms, and I've had him previously on the show. Oh, he's from, he's, I've seen him on CNN. He's, he's got the MSNBC. He does this Black America. He's all these different places. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was it interesting? Is he interesting? Because he has his hair just going everywhere. Like, he is great. He is ah. great. But he was talking to me about how, you know, he worked really hard to get funding, government funding for his farm. And he, you know, went through this really long process. He did his due diligence. He got feedback from, you know, the local person here at the office. And he still didn't get accepted because the president wasn't a Democrat, essentially, like, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he didn't get, he had to keep trying under Obama because he was like, yo, if, if I don't get it now, if somebody else that is not Democrat comes in, I'm not going to get this funding because a person in leadership is going to change. Mm -hmm. And I, I vehemently dislike that. Mm -hmm. Like, why does that? Why should that be affiliated with any political party? Farm workers feed us. We need food to live. I, I'm not understanding the disconnect um, there. And that's and that's in every sense. Food is is a mechanism for um, community. It's a mechanism for sustenance. It's a mechanism for positive health outcomes. You know, it's a mechanism for passing down traditions, having difficult conversations. It's, it's, it's a medium for so much other than having food on the table, which we need to do. Yeah. A basic necessity that, that does so much more for us. So I am, I am very confused by that, very confused by our lack of regard for people who do the work on our lands and who are on the front lines of climate change in every sense, from mm -hmm. recycling mm -hmm. to, to food to making sure that we can get outside safely to go to the beach, to go hiking right. and do all those types of things. So, have, you read, have you been reading where um, the turtles, I don't know why, what it is with me and turtles, but I have a huge collection of turtles, but they're finding them floating up dead in the water because they have ingested so much plastic. Mm, yeah. 
I would love for for us to do to do better about when you when when you're storing or um, packing the liquids. It's not you find something that, that works other than plastic. Uh -huh. uh, maybe disposable. Um, those cartons that can evaporate. The compostable yes, stuff, yeah. I like that, yeah. I like that. Yeah, we, we have to do, as a matter of fact, sometimes it bothers me if I go buy just something small and they put it in a bag. It's waste, there's so much waste. Mm -hmm. no, I don't think we stop and think, well, where is this going? What are we doing with this after, after it's used? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just so much. It is refreshing to talk <laughs> to you because I, well, I'll admit I'm not out much because I am retired and when I do, I work from home. And I'm not around a lot of people, but it's just great to, to the conversation that I'm having with you. I love that. I don't get to do that often. Oh man! Well, I'm glad you came today. I think I, I think you. <laughs> I'm you glad know? you sent me a text this morning because I said I'm not sure if we're gonna if we're doing this. Yeah. I was gonna text you once I came back home. I was out had an errand to run this morning, but you could have you had already sent me one. So I said, yeah, yeah, we're on this. So yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll make it here. <laughs> and yeah, I appreciate you coming fine. through. Yeah. Yes. So this will be on social media. So if there's what, how can people reach you? How can people find out more about your book and the work that you're doing? Okay, I'll mention that I might have a website, mywordtherapy.com. And uh, also my book is on Amazon. But if they go to my website, then they can have a, a sign up. On, there's an appointment book there. And you have a, your initial contact is a free 20 minute consultation. And um, I love to, if they reach out to me, I love to be invited to places where I can speak. I really want to do a lot of speaking this year because my, um, and I can be a little bit controversial because I don't mind being in church and saying, that sometimes a person needs to speak beyond the pastor, mm -hmm. that there's nothing wrong. If you feel you need someone professional to talk to, mm -hmm. then you reach out to that person. It's not always, and churches can be, it can be a challenge with churches because they believe, I'm sure you've even heard this, where just pray about it, Yeah. talk to God about it, I'll go talk to your pastor about it. Mm, I'm no, going to do that, but I'm also going to go to therapy. Yeah, I'm going to do I mean, both. If you've got high blood pressure, you take your pill, right? Mm -hmm. Well, people don't think about, well, if you're, if you're going through depression or maybe you have uh, uh, bipolar or something, your serotonin level is all people don't think that way. You need some medication. Not saying that you need it indefinitely, but you need it for a while. Mm -hmm. So why is it we want to discriminate against a person or either demoralize them in a sense that you are taking your your where is your faith because you're taking this and you shouldn't you should just rely on God well God bless these people to have the knowledge to know what to prescribe you for what mm -hmm. you know it's debatable in churches it still is but that, that's just not my I think there's so much that we don't think about and we don't open our minds to it and this is one one last thing and, and that is when I worked in a mental, I worked in a mental institution for 18 years. And I don't know if you've ever heard a discussion about the parallel of our behavior into, as it relates to the moon. Uh -huh. when, you, when, we, when you work in a mental health environment, just for a few months, you don't have to be there long, you don't have to read the almanac to know when it's a full moon. Uh -huh. You know from the behavior of the patients that you work, that you're working with, with a full moon. I can't tell you what that is, but there's definitely something to it. I don't. I didn't need the, the years that I was there, and though I was there a long time, it doesn't take a new employee a long time. The milieu would be chaos. 
You'd have to turn the television off. You'd have to uh, constantly on the phone. The psychiatrist calling for they need emergency medication. It's when it's a full moon. Mm. There's some correlation to it that I can't put my finger on. People I talk to, we can't. But there's something to it. And we don't branch out in these conversations. We don't have these conversations because, again, we feel like it's taboo mm -hmm. when we talk about that in God's Word. Well, astrology is wrong. Well, the three magi, how'd they find Jesus? They followed the stars, didn't they? Mm -hmm. That's how they found it. They followed the stars, and that's how they found the baby in the manger. This is it. Yeah. But we don't, um, open our, we don't open our minds. My background, I grew up in the Christian faith, in Methodism. But I also am interested in other religions. Mm -hmm. Take Buddhism, for example. They teach you how to not be attached to things in the world. That promotes peace. That can go back to losing someone. When we keep in mind that we are here for a little while. We're just passing we're, through. We're passing through. You're going to lose them. They can handle loss so much better than other denominations because they're taught ways of not to be attached to things, to people. I don't know that design that they spend hours, days, weeks working on mastering this piece out of colored salt, it looks like. Just a beautiful masterpiece. And then once it's finished, they'll just wipe it all away. Yes. These are, I they, saw them do that. They do. That's what they do. Yeah. And I can't think of the name of it, but they do that. And then you see the beauty mm -hmm. and enjoy the beauty of it, but then they wipe it all away. Yeah. It takes them seven days. I think I saw it in Birmingham. I, I got my cultural and just outdoor palette really opened mm -hmm. up when I moved to Birmingham. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I first heard spoken word. That's where mm -hmm. I first went hiking, truly. Mm -hmm. That's where, you know, I got to see stuff like that. That's where I first saw, I went to Walmart one time, I'll never forget it. And I was about to pull into a parking spot and I saw these two uh, Muslim guys praying in the parking lot. Just all these things, just like, I think I just really opened me up to the possibility that, you know, I, I grew up one way, I grew up Christian, I grew up Baptist, and I grew up thinking that, you know, once I graduated from college, I was supposed to have, you know, that be a young professional, have that life. Mm -hmm. um, and then I kind of opened up and said, well, you know, that's not the only way to okay. have happiness and have, have right. peace and, and have a connection to God and, and do all those things. So I think there's definitely something to having um, at least an understanding or a knowledge of other ways of life and other ways of approaching or thinking about situations mm -hmm. and things that we go mm -hmm. through in this life. Yeah, I find goodness in others. Um, and, and, you know, I live my life the way I do, And um, but I'm not going to, if I meet someone who's practicing, uh, uh, practicing Islamic, if that's their faith, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't feel led to condemn the person and or beat them over the head well you should switch because there's one thing I like about them they are committed to prayer I used to go to this barbershop when I lived in Goldsboro and everything shut down at noontime if he's cutting your hair he stopped hmm. and they prayed there, there's certain hour of prayer they are committed to that and I had to be honest I don't know Christians is that committed. Mm. I mean, if they pray once a day, wonderful, but, but there's many that I know don't even do that. So I commend, if there's something that you believe in and you're committed to it, follow through with that. And that is what they do. How am I to speak against that? That's my, I mean, this is the way I see it. Mm -hmm. This is how I see it. But um, I just think we, we, we here need to find ways that work for us that can promote peace,
promote prosperity, to learn to live together and to show love to everybody, then we wouldn't be in this life that we're in right now. Yeah. Where you're afraid to, can you go pump gas without somebody? Driving here from Raleigh, a truck passed me and then he threw a rock out his, um, out his window that thank God it didn't hit my car. When it hit the, the ground, it stayed down there. But it's just people are mean. And where you go? Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. But um, and it's sad. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. But that's this is where we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there is room for conversations like this. I think there is room for collective healing once we address, you know, the things that maybe we haven't been openly and honest and courageous enough to really look in the mirror about mm -hmm. and, and things like that. Because I think even in your work with grief and trauma, that's not just reserved for people dying. That's what, that can be reserved for losing a friendship, you know, losing yeah, a relationship. Mm -hmm. It can be reserved for your pets. I have a dog, Morgan, and I, when I left home, I said, I sure hope she feels well because she was stayed in her bed when I left the house. Usually when I leave, she'll come with me to the door. Mm -hmm. But she didn't, she stayed in her bed, and I said, well, no, she feels better. This, this year should be 14, and my family and friends already know that when something happens to her, they're gonna have to stop what they're doing and just come on over mm -hmm. to support me, because I couldn't love her more if she were a person. Mm -hmm. um, she's been with me a long time, and that's my girl. So. <laughs> yeah, so there are people, um, as a matter of fact, I've, I've done grief calls, from um, which, being, a, a, I used to do event bright events, so you end up talking to people all over the place. Mm -hmm. And there was a lady who was who was distraught because her cat, there were coyotes in the area. I think she was out towards California somewhere. And neighbors had already told her they've seen the coyote, the coyote with a cat running off of the cat. And the, the cat's been missing for at least eight months. But she wasn't ready to accept mm -hmm. that about the cat. So I listened and um, tried to give her encouragement. Eventually, I'm sure she'll it'll sink in and she has to accept it. But people experience different types of loss, not just a loved one, but it can be um, even divorce. Now, my brother lost his wife about three years ago. But I've also seen when they change that scale where divorce can be just as much, if not more traumatic than a loss, because at least when they die, maybe they loved you, it was a good relationship. They left a divorce, somebody's going to be hurt. Maybe if he was tired and wanted to walk away, the woman still loves him. You're wondering when you got to battle over your your finances. Or if you were living comfortable, are you going to continue to be living comfortable? Are you going to be poor now? And then you, you or whenever you see them out and about, how's it going to feel when you see him with a new woman or he sees you with a new man? These are things you don't think about if you said. So there are times I support my brother, but there are some times I think to myself, yeah, I think I just, if I had the choice, maybe die instead of divorcing if you loved him. Mm -hmm. The hurt that comes, I'll just say it, the hurt that comes from trusting people, though I'm not a trusting person, but it ends up, you know, he's sleeping with my sorority sister. <laughs> How do you deal with things like this? And you don't advertise it. Yeah. And it hurts. It hurts. It hurts to the point where I felt like, I don't need to see her because my body would involuntarily twitch and I could picture orange jumpsuit. I had to think this way to say, okay, Wanda, you'll end up over here at this women's prison. Mm -hmm. And I have to have my freedom. I have to be out yeah. and about because people will say, well, Wanda, did you get a chance to talk to her? I knew what was best for me. 
and that's to stay away mm -hmm. for years because I know that that TV show that snapped mm -hmm. like uh, you see I would have been one of those and mm -hmm. to keep me out of jail I needed to not see her because I had to envision in my mind these this orange jumpsuit that I probably would be wearing mm -hmm. so it's just so much you know life is difficult life is challenging people can paint a rose picture if they want to but because um, people often think, well, if you're comfortable with finances, you're, you're, you're fine. But there's so many other elements in life that can be traumatizing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a very good note to end on. I really appreciate you coming through today and sharing your, your wisdom I share, and your experience. Yeah, I, I do that to help. Even as I said, as a, as a kid, I always love to help people. I can remember being about eight years old. And I said, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a nurse because I want to help people. I enjoy helping people. If I can share my pain that will help somebody else be, with that being said, be cautious of your friends. Uh -huh. Be cautious because a lot of times it ends up, now I realize a lot of times that's how it works uh, with your relationships. I was reading yesterday where Kira Clark Shield, she's a gospel singer, uh -huh. she does not allow women in her home to stay over if they're single. Yeah. I was reading that. Yeah. And some people will probably say, well, what's with that? But see, I understand that. Mm -hmm. I understand you never know. People, we are really good at putting up fronts or just this facade, but you don't know what's really in their mind and what's in their heart. Mm -hmm. A lot of times women have a plan, ulterior motive. They, they, want, they want what you have. Mm -hmm. They want that. But by the time he figure, your, your husband figures out that they wanted what your spouse had, it's too late because you move on. Mm -hmm. You have to move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I mm -hmm. really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Any anytime, if there are other occasions that you want, I could speak to maybe a younger group, that, yeah. young people that want to, that maybe they're having marriage difficulties or even with trust issues. Because when that happens, it's challenging to trust. Mm -hmm. Now, I recently met. I stopped dating altogether for about four, uh, four or five years. Mm -hmm. I'm so lonely. Yeah. <laughs> You're easy to talk to. <laughs> I get into all this. <laughs> So I finally, uh, I met a really nice guy, and I'm personally struggling. As a matter of fact, I made a new appointment next Thursday. I meet with a therapist mm -hmm. because, what relationship therapist? I have, I have so many scars from failed marriages. I'm, I'm, I feel like it's hard to trust what I'm doing moving forward with somebody else because, to be honest, I don't know if I can handle another one. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can handle another um, letdown, disappointment. I don't know if I could, but I remember before my mom passed, my dad died at, at the age of 60, so she was 58 years old when he died. And before she passed, she said to me, she says, one, I re one thing I regret is never remarrying. That's what she told me. Mm -hmm. And um, I know I want companionship, I know I do, but it's challenging to trust again. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's harder for some than others. For me, I'm seeing that it's hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yes, you're so easy to talk to. <laughs> it's amazing for you so young. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man.